Welcome back to The Restless Show. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and I'm here with Lauren, Diane, and Paul. And today we're diving into one of the great virtues, in fact, perhaps the greatest virtue. You know, we live in a world that's very self-aggrandizing. You know, in social media, you're always putting yourself out there, your best foot forward. You always want to have those uh, great photographs and these statuses that make your life seem awesome. And that kind of goes against this great virtue, which is the virtue of humility. And it's an important virtue, but a virtue that's sometimes tough to have in a world that says, put yourself first and make yourself out there. And you know, some of the greatest spiritual writers have often said that humility is the greatest and the most important of all the virtues. And sometimes when people hear that, they say, well, wait a second, what about you know, charity? What about you know, patience or all these other virtues? I mean, what do you guys think about that? Humility being the greatest and most important of the virtues? Well, I reflected on that, you know, just last night and... My sense is that, you know, humility is putting yourself before God, right? Recognizing that He is our creator and we only exist because of Him, right? You have to have some sense of humility to understand that. So if you can do that, then you can live out a Christian faith that is charitable and loving and patient and all these other things. But if you're not humble, then you may fall into thinking, you know, you rule your own life, like you are the reason why you are so great and you alone, and that can be a dangerous path to go down. I work at a Catholic summer camp during the summer. It's called Camp Veritas, and their slogan is, there is a God and I'm not him. <laughs> and if they learn one lesson that whole week and it's that lesson, then it's been a successful week. You know, that's a good point, Lauren. Yeah, and if you think about it too, the, I mean... I guess the vice, right? So pride is what changed angels into devils, right? And it's the, I mean, it's the cause of Adam's, you know, the fall. Um, so if you think a bit about it as sort of the, um, I, I mean, of, of causing that, I think that, you know, the opposite, the virtue, humility is, I guess, inevitably the most important. Yeah, definitely. So recently, our young adult group here in Stamford did a series, a monthly series on the seven deadly sins. And we start with, as most times do, you start with pride and humility um, because it's the root of all, because pride tends to be the root of all sin and humility tends to be a great cure for all sin or a great uh, offsetting virtue. And as we worked through the, the months in each of the seven deadly sins, we always came back to humility as even if you're thinking about gluttony. And it's a it's a worldly desire for food or, or nutrition um, like that's you're putting that above God. You're putting your desire for, you know, excess food, let's say, above that of of your desire for the love of God. Um, and the way you can the offset is that is to be is, is humility in a sense or, or fasting or whatever. Um, but that's a way of of humbling yourself in that sense. So it sounds like you're all saying that what humility is then is recognizing your place in the cosmos, mm -hmm. like that you are not God, that there is a higher power that you have to answer to. Yeah, so. that's what I think of when it's put forth as this is the most important virtue, right? That, that's got to be, at least in, in my understanding, the most important thing. And in one sense, it seems so obvious, right? Like, of course, like God created us. He's what's most important, the first commandment, right? Love him with all your heart and mind and soul and everything. And yet I feel like society, the world we live in, God is taken out of most things, right? And it's like success-driven, career, status, 
materialistic, how much you own, like getting that house, the new car, right? And God is not present. So you can just see, I think, looking in our lives and the, the world, how the world is, that if God is not there, you can just forget him, right? And I think even a lot of people that would say that they have God in their life really put themselves first. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I know. can also, um, like building on that, I think you could be a religious person, you could be someone that goes to church, you could be someone that has prayer in your life, and like that's one part of your life, and that's something you access, but then you can still be someone who thinks that you control your own life, right? And you're still focused on, uh, you know, worldly things, right, and not spiritual things. Um, so the the true, I guess, religious, spiritual life is having your faith as the foundation, right, underneath everything. And I, I don't know, for me, that's something that I've recognized and something I've had to learn that I could be better at, even though I thought like, oh, I've been a Catholic my whole life. Yes, God's in my life. Like, but I would forget him or leave him out and become prideful. Yeah. So <laughs> and he's got to be the foundation. And I think you said something, it's like your ordered place in the cosmos or something like that is the term you use. But I think it's different than when you think about like Greek mythology and you have the gods on top of Mount Olympus and the people are afraid of the gods and the wrath that they can do, that those gods can can exert on the people. But I think it's more of it's ordered place knowing that, you know, your prideful desires that you want to empty yourself of the of your pride so that you can fill yourself up with the love of God. So you're, you, you humble yourself to that extent so that you can be the most receptive to that love. So it's not just an order of like, well, God is like, you know, he's up on top of Olympus and I have to be afraid and I don't know this. And, I, you know, it's mysterious. It's more of, well, we know that, that God loves us and we want, to, we want to be able to fill ourselves up with that as much as possible. So that's interesting because that kind of touches on the, uh, the virtue of fear of the Lord, mm. you know, which I think is... Every, 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 uh, every virtue is, uh, can be summarized with humility, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Yeah. fear of the Lord is not, ah, God, I'm scared. No, it's, right. it's recognizing that, yeah, we, we, are, we are not him, but we need him and we want him in our, in our life. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, have you guys ever met somebody that's truly humble? Diane is shaking her head no. <laughs> I <laughs> no, mean, I, met self-centered I just, I just think that, I mean, definitely, I, I feel like I listen to humble people through podcasts, just like, I mean, I think of like the Sisters of Life, the Franciscan Friars, but honestly, humility, just preparing for this, it's, it's this podcast episode, it's something that we all have to work on every day because to detach from yourself is one of the hardest things to do. And even if you kind of think that you're on the road, there's always something that's kind of like, you know, not that you're making yourself a god, but that you're, you know, it's it's just, it's so hard to get out of yourself. So I think that, you know, I I don't know that I've come across a an incredibly humble person, you know, who just credits all of the the goods and the talent that they have to to God and kind of, you know, wants to to work on that in order to glorify him. Um, I don't know that necessarily even outward appearances, if the motive of glorifying God is really there. I don't know that any of us can really know that. Um, I, I've certainly come across very charitable people and people who seem that like they are very in love with God. But from what I've read of the saints and everything, it's just the struggle against self is to the death and um i think it's it's something that like i don't know it gives us a lot to work on in in everyday life because there's always things that come up that kind of make us you know come back to ourselves wow 
that's that's kind of true, but also it's kind of sad that nobody. <laughs> nobody's, well, well, I think you know if it's, if, it, if it's somebody who's truly humble, right? You would think of like one hundred percent humble. Then, um, well, you probably would only say that there was two like humans that ever oh, that occupied, Mary, yeah. occupied <laughs> that particular position of being able to claim such a such a such a virtue, but. Um, I think that I mean, obviously we can always look to the saints that we can find somebody who is, you know, 95% humble or something like that, um, <laughs> that, that has truly given up everything, um, um, for, for God. I don't think I've, I've ever, you know, I don't think I've ever met somebody like that. Um, but certainly have met people that are, that are close or closer. Hmm. Any come to mind immediately? Um, you know, I think it's similar to what Diane said. I think it's, um, you know, a lot of the, the religious folks that we meet, um, are, they just, they just ooze this, this like charismatic love of God and they're just willing to put everything ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that's, you know, either sister life or Franciscan friars or, or any of the folks are, um, and, uh, I think the ones that, um, I think the folks that really, that really have resonated are a lot of the folks that, um, that I've had relationships with in, in terms of the, um, the Franciscan friars up in up in Meriden, Connecticut, um, they have uh, their working sisters and brothers. Um, they teach and they have a Franciscan Life Center, and and those people they 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 literally do everything outside of their themselves to to help children or to help people that have depression or or anything. Um, and they they put it all out on the line. So those people I've met are, are really quite humble. So I wonder if the the vow they take of obedience is a way to foster humility. Mm. You know, because when you're obeying a superior, you're really giving up your will completely and saying i'm i'm not living this life for myself anymore it's completely totally given away lauren you look like you had something to, to add. well no i totally agree with that I, I think um obedience following you know anyone above you bosses parents whoever it might be is a way to grow in humility because you can't do what you want you have to do mm -hmm. what they want you to do um and uh, my experience with meeting you know, a humble person is from my retreat back in Spain, where I met um, many of the sisters, but one in particular, Sister Antonia, we've like, continued to talk about monthly through Skype. And so I've built a friendship with her. But um, it's just astonishing to me, right, that like, she's American, she grew up here, she went to school here, she worked here, and she left her life completely to join a religious community, you know, so all of her possessions, her wealth, her family, everything, right. And she took that vow of obedience. She follows the rules of, you know, um, their community. They're obviously, they su they're supported by where they live. So the food is donated, you know, mm. they don't get to choose their clothing. And, and I thought of this the other day, like, I'm a pretty athletic person. And, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll use a foam roller, or let's say there'll be like something new that'll come out be like, Oh, I want that that'll help me with like all my knots. But if I was in religious life, I couldn't just say, Oh, I need to go get that for myself. <laughs> right? It's like, true. you don't get to choose what you buy. And I just thought, Wow, that'd be crazy. You know, because <laughs> right now I have the freedom to get whatever I want or whatever I might need. I'm not obedient to an authority like that. So it's pretty astonishing, you know, that people can, like, yeah. put up so much give so much of themselves and sacrifice so much to serve their community and to serve God. I remember when I was in seminary at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, I, I was in seminary with some of the Franciscans of the Primitive Observance, which was a community that, truth be told, I'm not sure if they're still around, um, but they were, they, they actually broke off of the CFRs because of a refrigerator. They thought the, that having a refrigerator was not against, it was against what St. Francis would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they said, let's go even harder core. And the CFRs are pretty hardcore. Yeah. You know, Franciscan friars. So, 
so they were they walked everywhere they didn't accept uh, rides unless it was like more than 10 miles that they had to get to and uh and they went around begging for food so they would often it was funny that the the guy who was i was in seminary with was brother andrew and he would often be standing outside the cafeteria begging us seminarians like can you buy me lunch today you know can you buy me dinner today because he, he had to beg for food and what humility you know i've never had to beg for anything in my life you know i've always been oh I, i'm independent i got a bank account i can you know get whatever i need whatever i want he's completely dependent on others and one was, sorry one interesting quote too kind of reminds me of um you know i was looking into this and Mother Teresa, I guess, used to, to talk about humility in terms of, like, being a pencil in the hand of God of just, like, you know, I mean, what you and Lauren are talking about in terms of, like, just allowing him to lead and write your story and not having preferences or attachments to one way or another. So I think it's, there's always, there's, humility is such an amazing virtue and it's something that, like, the more you think about, there's, there's always, you can always go deeper, you know, like, you mm. think you hit it and then it's like... <laughs> Not even close. I know. Once you think you've obtained humility, You're that's not. the first sign you haven't. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but there's always something to work on, you know? Yeah. Um, there's always more to detach from. Speaking of Mother Teresa, I remember a great story. Before she won the um, uh, Nobel Peace Prize, she was in Oslo, Norway, about to receive it. And they couldn't find her. They're like, oh, where'd she go? And I mean, she's like four foot two, so it's kind of easy to lose her, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they're, they're like going through this convention center trying to find where Mother Teresa went. And finally, somebody found this tiny little closet, like this broom closet. And they went in there and they found her. And she was praying and she, like her back to the door. And she kept repeating the one word over and over again, humility, humility, humility. Because mm -hmm. she knew she was about to be on the biggest stage of her life and to receive this prize and win all kinds of accolades and be on the front page of Times Magazine. And she's like, got to keep it humble. No, that's so amazing. Yeah. So that she was basically preparing herself, right, in her spirit to remain humble before this huge moment was about to happen. Yeah. And like, who of us does that? You know, like, I know, it's so backwards like from how we shaking all... Shaking everybody's hand, being like, hey, look at me. I just <laughs> yeah. won Nova Peace Prize, you mm -hmm. know? But that's Mother Teresa for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so when you're thinking about a humble person, like what, what characteristics make them humble? Like what are their actions or words that kind of you're like wow that's a humble action that's a humble humble person because i think humility can be very mis much misunderstood mm -hmm. you know as somebody that just hangs their head all the time or stays silent and you know doesn't talk well i know i mean we were just talking about mother Teresa, right so some of the things that she kind of um suggested in terms of like how to grow in humility were you know speak as little as possible about yourself keep busy with your own affairs and not those of others um, avoid curiosity, you know, wanting to know things about other people that don't concern you, accept small irritations with good humor, don't dwell on the faults of others, um, accept censures even if unmerited, accept insults and injuries, accept contempt being forgotten, disregarded, be courteous and de uh, delicate, don't, don't seek to be admired or loved, and, you know, don't protect yourself behind your own dignity, hmm. choose the more difficult tasks. So just I guess things like that, there's so many different aspects of, I mean, humility is just, I guess you can't box it in. There's, it's, it's very encompassing. Those are some really practical ideas. Yeah. And I think like the litany of humility is very good. Um, you know, I, I just remember Father Indy talking about it in one homily and he's like, just, if you're going to pray that prayer, 
be prepared to, you know, <laughs> be prepared for what, you know, is going to happen. Because I think in in reality, the only way you grow in humility is by being humble. And, you know, it's not like God is going to grant yeah. you this, like, you know, virtue of humility and, you know, it's some magic power. It's like, no, it's humiliations that make you grow in virtue. So, yeah. Speaking of Mother Teresa, real quick story before the break. I remember hearing a story of Mother Teresa going around begging door to door for some of her orphans or maybe some of her poor and she came upon this very wealthy person who just had a heart of stone and didn't really care about the poor. And so as she's asking for handouts, this person just goes and spits in her face. And very calmly, she wipes it off and she says, that's for me. Now, what, what about for the poor? Wow. wow. And they're kind of like, wow, okay, okay. And that's humility right there. Yeah. You know, not getting angry, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break. When we come back, dive deeper into this virtue of humility, how to obtain it. Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store or visit www.veritascatholic.com. Welcome back to Restless, as we four young adults restlessly search for God in the midst of today's crazy world. And we were talking about finding humility in the midst of a world that says, make yourself first, you know, make yourself self-aggrandize yourself. But I think a lot of people misunderstand humility because they kind of think, well, a humble person has just has low self-esteem, right? But of course, that's not the case. Having low self-esteem is not the same as humility. So what exactly is the difference then? I always looked at um, like the the opposite of low self esteem would be it's not it's not pride necessarily it would be it's confidence. Um, so you can have hum- you can have very you can have high confidence in your humility um, because if you have low self esteem now there's there's certainly there's disorders and mental disorders and things that 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 might accentuate that and those can be treated different ways but if you have low if you're choosing in a sense to have low self esteem for the to to exercise humility that would be like false humility but you can always be confident you know um when you mentioned mother Teresa and getting spat in the face and her ability to wipe it off and just reply right away that's confidence um Mm. in humility um so that's 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 the way i think about you know self-esteem versus humility low self-esteem versus humility so that makes it for an interesting question so if you're at work and you know that you can accomplish some task or you know that you're better than maybe somebody else at doing it. Should you speak up and say, look, you know, perhaps here's a better way or, you know, I'm, I, maybe I can take over for this project. Or is that a prideful thing to say? It could be. I mean, if it's coming out of a place of um, if you're the if you're the best person to do it or there's no one else to to do it, then perhaps now if you can take use that as a training mechanism for somebody else, then that would be a prideful way that you can exercise your knowledge of it and then also train somebody else. So that might be a way of humiliating yourself, but also being confident that you do know how to do it. Mm. Um, because if you if you think that you don't know how to do it, even though you do, then you're not helping that other person too. Yeah. Which is a, which is a problem. Well, Lauren, I know, you know, as a professional sports athlete, <laughs> as a professional <laughs> ultimate frisbee player, you know, certainly you are better than 99.9% of the people at, at ultimate frisbee. And, how do you stay humble when after a game people are like, wow, that was an amazing play. You know, you, you had the highlight reels out there. Oh, uh, it's tough. Um, 
I would say I haven't been humble and not because of being pro. It was more, I think for me, it was like actually growing in my self-esteem, like back when I was in college, helped me come out of my shell. And then at the same time, I got really good at Ultimate. <laughs> and then I started thinking like, I'm better than so many people because I was more skilled, you know, I, I could throw it more consistently. I was reliable, right? I had all these talents on the field. And then in my mind, it was like, I am better. Like I absolutely had that mindset and it was, it just stayed with me, you know, as I progressed in Ultimate and um, it's hard. I think, you know, um, not like bloating yourself up and like, you know, growing your ego is actually easier. Like if, if something came out, like there have been, uh, like an article or two or I'll be mentioned or I'd be on a live stream like I was excited about that that was like a great like moment and it's things I wanted like I wanted to progress in my sport I wanted to be on like as competitive as a team as I could I wanted to be at nationals I wanted to win nationals and then I was doing all those things and then you know things start happening the live streams and whatever so that isn't so hard for me at least to be like thank you you know to be gracious and and not like showboat, but mm -hmm. I already had this mindset, like, yep, I'm better than you. I'm better than all of you. You know, and it's a tricky thing because in sports- You are better. You're better than I, me, that's <laughs> for sure. Yes, and it's funny too, because you, as an athlete, you need to do that for yourself. Like I've also had moments, like I took a month off because I went to go and help out at uh, this Eurostars tour. So I worked for a tour and I think that's a way too of humbling myself. Like I traveled across the country to serve these other women who were playing and I wasn't playing. Um, but I stopped playing basically for a month and I came back here and I had my first tournament and it's the pro championships for USA ultimate in the club series. So it's all pro teams. That's the highest level in the club division. And I'm thinking, geez, I haven't thrown like in a month. I haven't run. I haven't done anything like, and I was getting nervous. And then I switched my mindset and I was like, you are awesome. Like you are really good. Like I gave myself that like self-promotion Yeah. and I played really well. You know, and it, and I know there's truth to that just in sports psychology, right? You have to visualize success. You have to tell yourself that you're great. So that is part of sports. But at the same time, then you have to humble yourself or I think give it up to God, which I think I failed to do, you know, hmm. like to just thank him for all my gifts or like anytime someone, you know, congratulates you or whatever it is, acknowledges something well, I should do this going forward. Just thank you, God, right? Thank you. Thank you for this gift that you've given me. Yeah. Because there is a type of false humility where people will always say, oh, well, I'm not really that good at it, you know, and they'll kind of True. downplay it. I remember a guy in college who was a very good friend with, who uh, actually is a Franciscan brother right now. And he was a phenomenal rap artist. Like this guy could drop a beat and he was white too. It was really cool. But <laughs> he, was, he was so good. He's actually from Meriden, Connecticut, yeah, where Paul's, Paul's hometown is. Yeah, well, close by. Close by. Cheshire. Yeah. Cheshire, close enough. But uh, I, would, I would be like, you know, because he and I worked together in this, this uh, inner city youth program. And I'd be like, Rich, dude, just like, you know, drop a beat with these kids. Like they, they so admire you. He's like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to like, I don't want to like put myself out there and be the center of attention. And I was like, you're burying your gifts. You know, you got gifts. Don't bury them. That's not humble. God wants you to use your gifts, you know? Absolutely. Share them with others, right? Or otherwise, why why do you have them? Right, right. So what are some of the ways that humility could be done wrongly? Hmm. <laughs> Any thoughts? <laughs> well, I think the false humility is certainly 
that's that's where it's not. Um, if if your if your humility is 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 to the extent where it stops you from doing something that's good, um, then then that would be a problem. Like mm. if you're if you're because then that would be again false humility, but it also might be just a disordered humility or something that you're not you're not going down the right path. Where if your humility is actually leading you to do like nothing, which is bad, or not good things, which is not as also bad, bad, but still bad. <laughs> also bad. Um, <laughs> then then it's uh, then then there's something that's that has to be reordered there. And it might be something like building up uh, a confidence or fixing your self-esteem or or praying about that yeah. in a serious way. I think about the prophets, you know, when God comes to the prophets and like, all right, go prophesy. What's their first reaction? Not me, Lord, not yeah. me. I don't I don't do that. I don't do that. And then they, that's false humility, right? Because mm-hmm. they really you should be like, Lord, whatever you want. And yeah, the task is too big for them. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But God's going to give you the grace to do it. So you're right. Like if someone says, I can't do it, I can't do it. I'm too little. Yes, that's the point. Right. That's why God loves to use little people like Mary and Jesus. You know, Jesus was born in a stable, not not a palace. Truly, true humility. So how can you grow in it? Other than, you know, you mentioned some great examples earlier from Mother Teresa, Diane. Any other thoughts on how to grow in this great virtue? Well, I mean, one... You know, I think Rick Warren summarized it very nicely in one sentence. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So in everything that you do, you know, like that just struck me because um, often we just we think about ourselves in terms of our preferences and our um, talents and and whatever. But if we sort of and even like, I don't know, I find I find this the case like, when you're sick or you're going through something, some sort of suffering, if you focus on other people as opposed to your own self and like your own suffering, all of a sudden, you know, like you're forgetful of your situation, you feel better and you're helping somebody else. So, I mean, I think it all comes down to like just thinking of yourself less, honestly. Because we're the center of our own worlds. And I think that the Christian struggle is sort of getting away from that. Yeah, externally focused gratitude is a great first step. So if you're if you do something well, you perform well at the sport or if you do well at work or in school, um, not patting yourself on the back in that moment, you can maybe a little bit, you know, it is important to keep your self-esteem high and build your confidence, but also just being thankful. And and if you're not at the if you're not at the place where you can thank God for whatever reason, then at least thank your teachers, thank your parents, thank your coworkers, your boss, you know, your trainers, things like that. Just even that little bit is is showing that you're you're relieving the burden of that, of what you've accomplished off of yourself onto somebody else um, yeah. or to God, which is important. Sounds like you're making an Oscar speech. <laughs> oh. I would like to thank all the little people out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's my mother it's, and father. But to really like remember, actually. I mean, even Lauren, like with your, you know, ultimate Frisbee, I mean, I think of all these great athletes, you could be hit by a bus tomorrow or like, you know, not to be morose, but like you can, (laughs) you know, you can get injured. I think of Roger Federer, you know, I love tennis and he was at the top for so long. And it's like, you know what, there's always going to be someone better than you, someone younger than you, someone faster than you. So like, you're never like as, you know. I don't know. It's just most yeah. of us, most of humanity, most of like humanity. never at the top and you're never, never at the be. top. Yeah. So it's just, you know, your life can change in an instant. You could be dead tomorrow. Like it's, it's these things that like everything comes from God and just remembering that, you know, that I, I think that can help you to grow in humility of like, you know, there's always going to be someone better than you, faster than you. And y- your life is in God's hands and it can end whenever. And if you, you know, anyone that, has their whole like life around a sport or activity or mm-hmm. something that can 
be taken away is probably going to fall into a terrible depression, right? Or like lose their whole sense of self if they don't have that thing anymore. And Lauren, I think you even said that in a past episode of when you had your... Yeah, um, my ACL surgeries. Yeah. Yeah, it was that, certainly That was sad. devastating, right? <laughs> yeah. Because your life kind of revolved around uh, ultimate. Yep. Yeah, so sometimes you know, one I think... one step of God being like, nope, that's not it. That's not all there is. Come Dude. bring it back to me. There's a little book that mo a lot of people have read, but if you haven't, it's uh, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. Mm -hmm. It's 100 yeah. pages. It's a tiny book. Um, and it can be very frustrating at times. It's like, you know, if, if somebody else sins against you and God allowed that to happen, you should be thankful for, to go for God to tangle to God for letting you experience that travesty or whatever it is. Thankful for that, that that person sinned against you because God allowed it to happen. And it's like, why? I don't want to. <laughs> it's like, I don't want that person's sin, but it's like, yeah, well, yeah, but it's, there's something there that God is providing to you that you can grow. So, um, yeah. and that's humility. And with that goes, I think, accepting humiliations, right? This is yeah, well, yeah. just a turn of mind that I just had. So Father Joseph, I was completely humiliated in the spring because I was cut by my pro ultimate Frisbee team. Yeah. Um, so shocked, you know, it felt unjust. I thought I p performed really well at the tryouts. I was on the team the year before I did really well and they cut me. So, so humiliating. And then I went on my retreat and the sister there was like, you needed that, you know, like <laughs> God saved your soul to like wake you up and realize, and look, now you're here on this retreat and I learned all these other things and how much more there is than just my sport and myself, you know, so it was actually a great grace, but mm. in the time it was very difficult. A wise priest from Arlington, Virginia once told me he always prays, Lord, thank you for loving me in this way. Mm. Whenever he faces adversity or hardship or humiliation, thank you for loving me in this way, because that's what it is. Well, thanks so much for joining us today as we talked about humility. The challenge is now to go and live that virtue. It's not easy, but Mother Teresa gave us some great insights through Diane. And, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely a virtue that is the kind of the foundation of the spiritual life, to recognize that there's a God, we're not Him, and we owe everything that we have and everything that we are to Him and to His loving mercy. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM. Also, wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time on Restless. Restless.